This episode is brought to you by the generous patrons who supported us over at patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we want to give a big thank you to our patrons, Kate, Prostaskius, Leroy, Tiana, Jeremy, Jacob, Cheryl, Falangor, Spike, Chris, Konohamaru, Buyag, Starry, Red Dead Coquette, Keith, Logan, Punch and Potato, Jen Solo, Rajar, and Eric. Thank you again for helping us to put a little more inspiration out into the world. And now, onto the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another cinematic episode of Inspiration Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. In a world. In a world. Oh, man. I can't really do it. Uh, Not like the uh, cinema channel guy. (laughs) I can't remember. I want to practice that. The honest trailer guy. Yeah. I almost said cinema sins, but we don't talk about cinema sins because it's bad. We don't. It's a a thing. Yeah. You don't know about cinema sins? I I mean, I've heard of it. So it's a YouTube channel where they basically count every time there's like a plot hole or something stupid. Uh huh. But like they just count everything, every little thing. It's like very nitpicky. So it's Uh, just like it's supposed to be funny. But then you're like, okay, like it gets really. Yeah. I could see how that would just grate on me. It's like uh, I'm starting to think that the the gist of this channel is that you guys just count how often you find yourselves unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, it it almost comes off as like mean spirited. You know what I mean? Like when you're watching like honest trailers, sometimes they'll like very tongue in cheek. Yeah. They're, they're making fun of it, but usually you can tell that there's some, some enjoyment, some respect, you know, something like that. There's, there's some, some form of lingering affection for whatever Mm. they're lampooning a bit. I also really like uh, a pitch meeting. Have you seen those? I I have. In fact, you you were the one who introduced is them that, to me. Is that right? Okay. I I I did enjoy them for a bit until I realized that the way the the dude who's making them or or the team. I mean, they're a pretty big channel, but um, the way they make them, like no one breathes. For the entire duration of the video. And I'm like watching the thing and it like it goes between the dude and then the dude acting as like the studio exec just jumping back and forth between himself. And, and you don't like this. You don't like and that. It it's so it's so extended. Like they'll just ramble on and on and on and on and on. And I mean, okay, pot kettle, I know. <laughs> I'm about to say, <laughs> but but they never they they cut out all the breaths, any break there would be between the statements, so it's just nonstop. See, I, it, I, I like it that. gives That's, me anxiety. How, how like, do you watch Mrs. Maisel and enjoy it? It's the same thing. They don't they, they don't even have to edit it. They just don't breathe. <laughs> I mean, I don't I I can't explain it. All I'm saying is, like, I watch pitch meeting, and I'm like, this is really funny, but I need these guys to take a breath, because I'm about to, like, hyperventilate over here. Okay. 
Andrew's got like, issues. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know, man. It's just <laughs> it because it makes me feel like, like I catch myself holding my breath because of just the pace of it. It's, it's weird. I, I can't explain it. I just, I know it's a thing that it, this is another episode of Adam and Andrew are actually kind of old. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know what I don't like talking too fast. You know, <laughs> man. <laughs> I wish, I wish there was less validity to that statement. <laughs> <laughs> old man yells at cloud. Old man yells at cloud. So something that I was pretty pumped about and I will refrain from saying too much but we'll see this past weekend I went and caught a sneak preview of the Dungeons and Dragons movie Mm -hmm. and definitely no spoilers so no one worry but I posted this in the chat and I'll say this for anyone listening that is a proper D D movie like as far as you you can tell so far yes like i mean we watched it from f- from beginning to end and like it, it wasn't like a preview like oh here's the first half hour like we saw the whole movie oh they showed and, you the whole film yeah you basically just got to see it early oh yeah so we saw the whole dang thing and it was a blast okay like, i remember seeing the 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 ones from back in the day, the the OG one, oh, with yeah, those Jeremy horrible. Irons and Marlon Wayans. Yeah, as as, when you say Jeremy Irons, you're like, oh, great, and then you're like Marlon Wayans, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> and and I'll straight up say I like Marlon Wayans. He's a funny dude. But don't put him and Jeremy Irons in the same movie. Like I I I don't. I feel like whoever made that decision, I don't know. Maybe they were on something. I I I don't know. Perhaps. Far be it from me to make too many assumptions. Well, it would not but. be hard for any modern effort to do better than the like really bad Wayans movie and like the straight to DVD thing. I vaguely remember watching in college. Um, I think I thought there were actually a couple of those. Yeah, there were some attempts. I think there was an attempt at a TV show on Sci Fi Channel. Mm. And it like didn't necessarily go great. Um, they've all been pretty cringe, but now that like Critical Role and Stranger Things yep. have made this popular, yep. um, not to mention just the internet in general, um, you know, now they're like, well, okay, well, this is like a real IP. And it's like, well, of course it is. Like there's yep. there's infinite stuff here to yep. work with. Like there's so much official lore and there's so much just implied stuff in like just world stuff that you can make anything from and you can do a little bit of both so why not like it's kind of one of those things where like why haven't we already done this it i mean i think and and i i've thought this for a while even before this movie came out but i mean the idea of making a D movie for for someone who's just like looking at like the core books or whatever you know really you're just you're talking about a system and there's not really any story in the system so you know if you're gonna make a movie for this you gotta kind of understand what experience the system is trying to create instead of and and 
find a story, a good story that would fit within that. Yeah. And and this the the new movie really does what I thought was a really great job of capturing the vibe of of like a good old game of D&D mm. where it's not nice. super self-serious but it's got a lot of moments um like it doesn't hate heart. its fans right? no it loves its fans mm-hmm. like yeah, that's good. it's it's my mom and my wife came with to the show and they like the instant the credits rolled they looked over and they were laughing their butts off and they were just smiling from ear to ear and they're like that was so fun mm-hmm. and my mom she doesn't play D. my wife has played a time or two like she knows what it's about and, because sure she's Chris married Pine to me didn't make it too tough you know oh no he certainly <laughs> didn't he is actually super great oh um, i have no doubt i mean he's he's great in pretty much everything he does i'll say this too i have i have never enjoyed michelle rodriguez in something more than i enjoyed her in this mm. that the role she plays is a she is a dead ringer for this character it was a like when I saw she was going to be in the movie, I was like, uh, okay. I mean, sure. I didn't, I didn't have strong feelings one way or the other. Right. Like, I was like, okay, you have Chris Pine and Hugh Grant. Those are names I know. So, right. Oh, and there's the guy from Detective Pikachu. Right. Um, that's all I could like really think of. Right. Uh, but I was like, already, like, Chris Pine is a bard. That was some inspired casting. Right. That's, he, a, that's they, a good idea. Nailed it. That's a good he, idea. Yeah. So what do you so, think is the sort of franchise potential here? Do you think they're just going to make a bunch of these now or I, I feel like they, cause Marvel's kind of like dying, right? Like it's having a rough old time. Right. And like the Shazam movie, like, dying, but yeah, it's, 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 it's it ain't not what the she best used to place, be, right? Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah it's not true. in the best place. The Shazam movie, not Marvel. I know, but the Shazam movie bombed, um, which is unfortunate. I hear it's actually okay. Like it's a decent movie. Uh, well, people didn't the, go watch it. it. It's, I think that's mainly just cause the, I, I read a, I read an article about this recently about kind of the, the the difficult position that the DCU is in currently because basically once they brought James Gunn on mm-hmm. his whole thing is like basically starting the right starting so like, from scratch so it, it's like a movie that came out too late it like yeah it's like all dead on, on arrival way out yeah right like so nobody like, everyone's like well it doesn't count right so why should I care well or or at the very least, it counts for the stuff that's already happened before that we were not thrilled about, and it's not connected to what's coming. So, yeah, it's. I am excited for the get the the James Gunn take um, on doing a proper universe. I love the Guardians movies. I loved the Suicide Squad. Yeah, um, Peacemaker, baby, and Peacemaker is great. So I'm very excited uh, about that and about that direction. I think that's going to, I think just about anything will be more interesting than the Snyderverse. And I, I know a lot of people like it. Um, it, it definitely has its moments, um, but I'm ultimately just not that into it. Uh, you know, it's, it's not the way I imagined uh, Justice League or wanted to see it. 
the idea that we're going to make a super uh, a Superman film uh, with James Gunn that's based on uh, uh, all star Superman, I think, is very, very inspiring. That's very uh, that's very bright and hopeful, which is what you want from your Superman movie. Especially um, if you're going to be placing him in a context where he'll be around other heroes with, you know, like Batman. So you're going to have the you're going to want that contrast between the dark and light, you know? Right. Yeah. Otherwise, it just looks like Superman's out of place in a Batman thing. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, personally, Superman when it comes to the Justice in. League, I wouldn't mind seeing less Batman because we just had so much Batman. I mean, but, Batman's always, but that's, that's dreaming because Batman's yeah, always going to be here to make money. You know, yep. that's, that's obvious him and Spider-Man, no matter who has the rights, they're, they're going to yep. be in your face for the rest of time. ever forever. You know, something that I think would make you happy going back to the, to the D and D movie is, you know, speaking of James Gunn, I had been reading over a review and one of the things the reviewer said was basically like, it feels like, like guardians of the galaxy, but fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, boom, that's all you got to say. That's a really good way of putting it. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because there's a lot of drama in a D and D game, but there is a lot of levity as well in finding yeah. that right balance. I mean, I think like doing the Marvel tone makes sense, you know, yeah, it, it does. It Why does. not? Why not do that? Yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't, it, I, I would say don't go in expecting to feel like it, like does anything air quotes new. It just no, does what it that. does really well. Go right. in expecting to have yourself a good time. Right. Yeah. A lot of movies recently have kind of been like that, like with, um, violent night. It was just oh, like, yeah, like, listen, man, we're not writing Shakespeare here, but here's a fun thing. Yep. And we're going to, we're basically doing R rated home alone. Yep. So enjoy it, you know, and it's, and it's great. It does, it does exactly what it's supposed to do really well. A lot of yep. people have not enjoyed cocaine bear, but, um, what if my, uh, favorite uh film reviewers uh really enjoyed it my yeah. other favorite hated it so it's kind of funny i love man i, love I don't watch. know like <laughs> what do you expect it i i don't know what else that movie could have been right so like like movie bob he's the one that liked it and mm-hmm. i watch his stuff pretty regularly um and i watch uh, red letter media which i really enjoy oh yeah and they hated it they couldn't stand it and yeah, it is kind of like why. I mean, I didn't see Cocaine Bear, so I can't really say. I know you saw it. You are. Um, <laughs> it's it's, it's nuts, a trip, right? dude. I like bears, right? I yeah. I bears. would just be rooting for the bear the whole time, like just eat everybody, right? That's right, and that would be a fantastic movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's okay for movies to be fun, right? Whether or not Scorsese says they're cinema, right? Man, Even though who all died his and movies, made that guy king? <laughs> Nobody. A bunch of people in his movies. That's who died. Oh, um, that's. It's a lot man. of murder in those movies about mafias and man, other mafias. Be, dude, it's a lot of mafias. You know, where's the good mafia? <laughs> you know, just the. The, the 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 mafia that goes around and helps people is that yeah they like just 
help old ladies across streets and yeah um instead of like putting a horse head in your bed they actually just you know put, put a horse to bed on your bed oh with with horsies on them right like little yeah. pictures of horsies there you go <laughs> 800 <laughs> thread count egyptian cotton with little pictures of horses they make you deals that you could definitely refuse but don't want to because you they're don't great. want to because they're great right and there's no like hidden cost they they just like to sit at a booth and eat spaghetti sometimes man i think i i think there's a I movie might, idea i think i might be a part of this mafia and <laughs> not even it's called like, inspiration point yeah the inspiration point mafia we just created a thing it was just yeah we're you better watch out, ladies and gentlemen, because we're we'll going to make you a deal. You definitely can, but won't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> but if you did, that'd be fine because <laughs> we would understand, you know, far be it from from the Inspiration Point Mafia to make assumptions about your personal situation. Yeah, exactly. You know, In this we're an economy, understanding bunch. Come on. <laughs> I mean, who are come we to on. judge? You know, I just I'm just waiting for us to just get, you know, uh, patronized by like one super rich guy. Right. You know, like that's all it would really take. Dude, just one person that's like, you know what? I know I like what you're doing and I have money coming out of my ears. So here, everything's fine now. Your lives are, are fixed, man. It's <laughs> like that that freaking ten thousand dollars a month month tier that. I was joking about making last time. <laughs> I ought to do it. You well, never, it, yeah. You know. Yeah. If somebody wants to to do that, um, yeah, if you we, don't ask, you, you can be on every episode if you want, man. Like whatever you want, you win, you, right? You can be the only person on every episode yeah, we can if just that's leave. what you want. <laughs> we'll just go. You. We'll just we'll we'll take the checks and you can you can abuse our brand. Adam and Andrew ready to home. sell out at any moment. You bet. The earliest convenience. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so true. Um, oh, we're here for you guys until then, though. We promise. Well, it's been about 20 minutes. We should probably start the episode. We um, did start the episode. <laughs> it's good vibes, baby. That's right. All we're just day. riffing. That's, that's what people come for, right? The riffing. That's what I come for. <laughs> I, well, I know that. That makes sense. Yeah, um, you bet. So, uh, yeah, um, started a new class uh, for uh, D&D. And uh, so I'm doing my interactive storytelling class again. Got a brand new uh, batch of kids. A new crop. New crop, you might say. And uh, so far, it's looking pretty positive. Like kids are, are into it. They mostly have very little idea about what any of this is supposed to be. Do you um, have any returning kids? I do have some that are already in my club mm. um, that are in there. Um, but it'll still be really good for them because like I, you know, I go around and I watch the tables run themselves. And yeah. like these guys barely know what the system is right yeah <laughs> you know yeah they they don't care you know as as long as some as long as like the gm kind of knows what they're doing it really it's fine yeah so you know i hear a lot of chaotic stories of you know where people are oh, doing all course. kinds of ridiculous nonsense and which is fine that's my um, kind of game Anyway, I'm sure you want to know what happened to the ogre in the road this this time. Yeah, I uh, do. Because I always do ogre in the road. The, the 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 scenario is that you're in a wagon, you're going across the road. There's an ogre sitting in the middle of it. What do you do? 
and they were like having analysis paralysis. So I just had the uh, ogre start doing things. Ooh. So the the, the ogre eats their carriage driver. Oh, while, man, while you came in hot. I came in hot and then Holy he ate cow. one of the horses. Oh, um, man. And then finally, one of them came out to fight the ogre and the ogre uh, basically defeated him immediately. <laughs> and then the rest of them all came out. And after a lot of chaos and a lot of nonsense and a lot of hesitation, they ended up managing to sever the ogre's arm. Um, but their rogue was flung out into the air and then fell to his doom. Oh, no. Um, so pretty much a simple scenario that could be easily solved with some light role play ends in catastrophe for everyone involved. I was uh, going to say freaking violent horror. One thing I'm noticing about this particular crop is that I think they're a little bit more chaotic than the average new player. Like everyone in there is chaotic neutral, oh, you know? Man. <laughs> so it'll be interesting for me to try to like wrangle some of that energy and say, Hey, Hey, hey I like the enthusiasm. I like the creativity, but let's try to tell a cohesive story together instead of like against each other or against the right. DM. You know, it's fun to, to cause chaos in a place where there aren't um, real consequences. Uh, of course. I mean, that's why we like GTA, right? Oh yeah. So we can do all kinds of nonsense. We would never do right in, in reality. No, there's 100%. that percent. There's that outlet for it. Um, and that's cool. That's very um, cool. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're off to ogre. a good start. Um, I have a very different take when it comes to running D and D in person versus running, on a virtual platform and really yeah when it comes to running in person i want to get as far away from technology as i can i want to use it as a break i want to get back to paper uh markers uh rollout mats you know yeah uh paper real physical dice i don't allow dice rollers analog baby like I bought all this dice. You were going to use it. Do not use a die roll app. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see phones out at all unless you were literally ordering pizza. Right. Mm. Um, you know, he just, I, I, he just has of, a pizza app like yeah, on the I, side open. So like as he's Facebooking, he sees you coming, he swipes over. I'm just ordering pizza, boss. Don't freaking it, worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Mike, I will not worry about it. And also you have an inspiration point. Um, but if those pizzas aren't here <laughs> within the next 30 minutes, I if, am going to throw you in the dumpster. <laughs> and if my pineapple uh, bacon and olive pizza oh, is get not the there. Get out of here with this nonsense. <laughs> the That's what hell pizza. is wrong with you? It's so delicious. It's so oh. good. <laughs> oh, my God. I could eat that every day. Um, you and your refined palate. My refined, yeah, well, that's what is that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a palette. Um, anyway, uh, the most technology I'll, I'll typically have is like maybe something to play music, and it's just kind of running. Yeah, like, I'm not. I'm not even gonna like really mess with it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna probably put on like the Limgrave soundtrack from Elden Ring and just let it run. There you go. You know just hey it's noise it's there it's ambient it's fine um i'm you know i'm not gonna go as presentation-y as i've seen 
some DMs go, I kind of like to get back to to basics and to focus on like what D&D is at its like most basic, right? Yeah. Uh, the the fundamentals. And I and it's nice especially with younger players to kind of get them away from the buttons. Yeah, it is. Having said all that, <laughs> when it comes to the virtual format, I'm all about the buttons, right? Yeah. So I treat them as just almost two separate mediums, right? I mean, well, I mean, they are, they are, but you know, like my approach to it, it's totally different. Sure. So, uh, this is what, you know, I refer to when I'm talking about the strength stat in a, uh, in a DM's character sheet, right? Their, your mm. personal character sheet as a DM. What is strength? Strength is your ability to bring the presentation, your ability to produce stuff, novelties, um, props, handouts, production value, production maybe. value stuff, right? Like, hey, this costs some money. Probably time to put on a show, right? We're putting on a show. Um, you know, I grew up in a theater family, sort of, and uh, you know, my I was learning Shakespeare at a young age. Um, I, w- I competed in Shakespeare in high school, and so like learning how to like put on a show is is important. I think that that's part of where my show must go on attitude comes from. I know that's where it comes from. <laughs> you know, there did, was a did you. Did did you did you did you win? Were you the best Shakespeare? Yeah, I did actually. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, in the year two thousand, um, when I was, uh, I guess, a sophomore or junior or something. Um, uh, yeah, I won the MVP award for all the high schools in Bakersfield, California. So, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. So my little corner cool. of the universe, uh, you know. Because I was, uh, I made it to to finals in ensemble uh, monologues and duos. Wow! Um, so that was cool. So that's super um, cool. It's always neat when you could when when you can win at least like one competition in high school. Like I I managed to do that for a citywide art competition, and I oh, still nice. I still remember that. That's what uh, you know helps me remember that i have value on those dark <laughs> gloomy days like i did win that that competition in high school so i'm not totally worthless <laughs> uh we laugh so we don't cry um yep. <laughs> so all right so i wanted to talk about um sort of my approach and my process when it comes to uh setting up a vtt um setting up uh, a DD game or something similar in a virtual tabletop and Obviously, there's not just one right way to do things. This is just how I do things. Okay. Sweet. Okay. So, uh, number one, I do use Roll20. Uh, all VTTs are great for what they do. I'm just very used to Roll20 yeah. and I have purchased things for it and in it and for a long time. And I frankly don't want to learn a new thing uh, on my own. So, I am comfortable there. I feel like Roll20 can do a lot. Now, it, it does have some some issues with uh, connectivity sometimes. Mm. Uh, but, you know, find me, you know, friend, you know, get online with your friend software that doesn't, right? Even Discord has issues. Yeah. So it's, 
you know that to me that's kind of par for the course yeah um i do not use roll 20 for its uh voice in video chat no, um, no i don't use video don't chat at all do that um i have played online with video chat it's fine uh but i don't want people to look at me i want them to look at my board okay mm. i want them to look at my maps and so that's where a lot of my work goes so mm. so first of all i just i use discord uh, to talk, to communicate, because frankly, if you play games, you probably already use Discord all the time, right? And so the first time I started using Discord, it was for League of Legends. Um, and then, you know, for D&D, it just made sense. Uh, previously, we were using uh, Curse <laughs> oh, for, yeah. for our Monday group, and then Curse turned into Twitch. Um, we had issues with that, so we ended up moving uh, to Discord fully and from there we've even tried a couple of other things like google hangouts mm-hmm. but ultimately uh the the final winner seems to have been um discord, discord. i don't you even know. remember when the when the first time i used discord man it's been it's been a while yeah it's been a thing for a long time and you know i was still like 20 something i think when i started using it maybe like 29 maybe like probably just at the tail end there so mm. i still felt like i was young enough to get it you know like like stuff like snapchat i'm like i'm just not even gonna i dude i open those apps and i'm like <laughs> why why i'm gonna get on a list by being <laughs> by being why, here. Like, i'm just not why you guys design interfaces that <laughs> don't communicate anything they're like <laughs> oh you need to just triple tap swipe and then throw your phone out the window to take a picture <laughs> like I don't. oh is that all <laughs> is that all i you know we promise yeah. the phone will come back to you okay that's so, how good our app is so the my vtt of choice is roll 20 because frankly i don't know any better um <laughs> i know that people like um sly flourish prefer Simpler things like Albert Rodeo that yeah. are very minimalist, um, which is fine. That's great if that's what you want to do. For me, I want to do the presentation, right? So the only one I would probably move to would be like Foundry or Foundry. even possibly ta- Tailspire if I was willing to put the work in, which I just don't think I am. Yeah. Um, Tailspire is one of those things where I'm like, oh, that seems so cool. And then I like imagine just building one level and i just i i freak out i'm i'm just like oh god yeah you know, um we'll but see f- maybe, maybe it's not as hard as i think it is found foundry is definitely has become one of the major players on the scene for sure uh um, yeah that's a big one um I think I think Foundry and Roll Twenty are the two big head honchos of it. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, what do I do on Roll Twenty? Well, first of all, it's kind of like a game engine, right? Like back when Andrew and I were in school, we were learning about things like Unity and uh, Unreal Tournament, right? Or yeah. not Unreal Tournament, but the the Unreal Engine. Unreal right? Engine. Yep. Right. So you didn't really make a lot of um, assets in Unreal. And it's kind of the right. same thing. You don't really make assets in Roll20. Uh, sometimes I buy them, right? Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, this is just where I put all the pieces mm-hmm. that I make elsewhere. So 
It's it's the sandbox, but you got to go get you some sand. I, exactly. Right. You know, bring your G.I. Joe's from your it bedroom. It is literally just a table and a notebook. That's really what it is. Yep. It's also a jukebox, which is nice. And a um, and, and a chat. The the and a chat. The jukebox is um it's okay. It's okay. It does some things weird. Uh sometimes a song will just like play forever and you can't turn it off. And and oh, so you fun. you just have to like delete the song. <laughs> oh my get it, god. To get it to stop, right? Uh so that's kind of annoying and that's been a problem for a long time. Uh there's been some um well anyway, I still kind of prefer to use Roll20 for my music because I just like having as much as I can in one place. Mm. Having said that, my players have always enjoyed Sirenscape more yeah, than more is. than the Roll20 jukebox, right? And I know you've been waiting for that. You introduced me to Sirenscape. Um, it does music, but it also does uh, ambience. It does sound effects. Um, so if you... My only thing with sirenscape is that i feel like i'm juggling a lot more mm. uh when i'm using it it's fine when you have something pre-done that you can just hit run um but if you're trying to kind of do moment to moment changes that can get a bit cumbersome like i almost wish that like i had an assistant gm whose entire job it was was to run sound you right? just just the the <laughs> the D dj See, that's the AI bot I want taking, you know, some some stuff to help me, you know, like, hey, will you just run? <laughs> will you just be my DJ for this? Hey, hey GPT, scenario? play something spooky, but also sort mellow. of hopeful, but also deadly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, you know, it'd come up with something now. You're like, here you go. It, it's just Gerald Mountains for everything you ask for. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask. Because back when I started using Sirenscape and I was telling you about it, you were a little reluctant to. Oh, I'm to often kinda, reluctant to new to things. Kind of <laughs> dive in. Yeah, you, 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 you likes what you likes. That that's my and, old man uh, deal. I'm like, if, I don't know about that. If, if it's if it's not Elden Ring, it's probably not all. If that it's great. not Elden Ring, it's probably um, garbage, right? <laughs> so I'm I'm curious about like. What ultimately made you come around on it and what have you so kind of discovered as you've used it? The the thing the reason I came around on it is because you were running it in Curse of Strahd, right? Yeah. And so playing in it and and feeling that, especially in the first couple of sessions mm. where you were really putting like your full weight into the presentation of the game. Yeah, um, it was very immersive. I really enjoyed nice. that. You know, when when we opened up with those carriage wheels, like it felt like a film. Oh, I um, that, and that I was think really that cool. may be one of my favorite openings I've ever done. That was fun. You know, there's there's really nothing like session one and two, right? Like these no, are great sessions. They really are. It's only when we the players got in more control of the narrative. The things really kind of went south, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, anyway, anyway, I really enjoyed uh, what I, what I got from that. When Good. I started using it, I realized it was, it was a bit cumbersome, but with, but with a little effort, yeah, uh, um, you can figure it out and you can figure out how best to use it. There's still some, some weirdness where there's, there can be connectivity issues, um, getting everyone to sync up. 
There's um, there's there, little quirks, but generally speaking, if you reset things, it works. There is definitely a uh, a learning curve on it, mm-hmm. but for anyone who who is a little nervous about that, um, they do do a pretty darn good job of uh ha- of providing a bunch of resources. Their YouTube channel has a boatload of uh pretty pretty like step by step tutorials on yeah. how to do all kinds of different things with it and how to make uh like sound sets. And, you know, and there's a lot of pre-generated stuff you can just borrow. Definitely. And Not, especially if you're doing like a official module, there's yep. already stuff made for a lot of the official modules. They they work uh, like they they actually have like a license with Wizards of the Coast where um, they also like, have Paizo. Uh, yeah. Finder tracks and. They also have like sci-fi and they've got Cthulhu and like, yeah, pretty much well, anything you want to do. It's, it's on there. Lots of officially supported stuff, which yeah. is neat. So you can do everything from, Hey, every 30 seconds, there's a sheep, you know, bleeding somewhere in the background, yep. you know, to, you know, here's big dragon roar and fire, right? Yep. To a sound effect that goes wah, wah, wah. Oh, the sad trombone, <laughs> you know, man. The, the, you need the, it. <laughs> The uh the staples the Wilhelm right. scream and and just like you can with the roll twenty jukebox you can upload all your music the only thing about um Sirenscape is they force you to do the Creative Commons attribution mm. uh, which is sort of annoying but you can kind of put whatever you want they never check so it's fine um so I usually just do it like once and then just say everything's the same thing. I mean, really, that's more to cover their own butts. Right. I'm like, you know, I'm not even selling this. Like, I could see if you're like a really popular stream, you know, and and someone someone might notice or or say something. But, you know, for the average bear, like this is just completely unnecessary. It is just for them. So just just make uh, the minimal effort there. Um, Sirenscape's very, very cool, very cool tool. It's very good, you know, so if you're a big sound person and you want to create that cinematic feel and everything else, it's great. If you just want to run music, I would just say stick with Roll20. It's fine, right? Or whatever VTT you're using. Some people also like to use um, music bots for Discord. Yeah. Um, I haven't figured out how to do it, so I can't really comment, but I've seen a couple of people do it. There's a um, there's a bot that I that I actually put on our Discord that basically lets you um, connect to your to your own Spotify account, mm-hmm. and it'll basically pipe your Spotify in to Discord. Um, so that that's kind of nice, just because at least if you have Spotify, you can set up playlists and things, and it controls just like any regular old media player. So it in terms of basic usability um it's really nice and if like if you have spotify premium you you've got access to like pretty much freaking any any music you could think of almost so i'm i'm old school enough that i still just download and then upload things oh man which is a terrible way to do things like using the the music bot's probably a far better idea well, um, also, I mean, I know so I should sit you, and do it. 
you've spent you've spent a lot of time um over the years actually buying music yeah i actually buy music also so like i i think that that also has a big impact on on you using jukebox because you're uploading actual music files that you have but if somebody doesn't have a music collection does the jukebox still serve as well so um yeah probably not right because Mm -hmm. the jukebox the stuff that is like preloaded as like a preview it's not great frankly Mm. and so you're much better off just uploading your own stuff um or using a different kind of program or using the spotify bot that's all fine Mm. i use youtube music there's probably something similar oh youtube Uh, music's a good idea um so one thing i do if i really um like if i'm in a pinch or if the song's like not available on a place where I trust to put my credit card information. Right. Um, I actually use a free, uh, website that transfers YouTube videos and MP3s. Mm. Um, for the free version, you only get like so many a day basically. Um, and then you just have to wait just fine. Mm. Um, and it's actually really easy to use. I, this is, this is like one of the most shady websites. (laughs) Like it looks terrible. But uh, what you do is you open up whatever uh, YouTube video you want. So whatever you're pulling sound from, it really doesn't matter. Um, And then you click, you know, inside the URL and where it says YouTube.com, you you backspace the U, B and E of tube. So it's Ute.com. You leave everything else the same. You hit enter and it'll take you to Ute.com. And then you can uh, transform it into an MP3 or a WAV file. Well, how about that? And so that's what I've been using. And then if I have to edit it anymore, I just throw it in Audacity. Audacity is not that hard to learn, especially if you're like me and you only really use like two buttons. <laughs> like it's fine. That's all you really need. It's all you really need. Um so, yeah, but I, I try to buy music when I can. I like the idea of music artists continuing to do so. Yeah. Um, at least until AI takes over music generation. It will. Uh, which, for a lot of my purposes, it'll be great <laughs> because yeah. I need ambience that feels like this. Now I need ambience that feels like that. There you know, you I go. really don't need 10,000 different albums to accomplish this. Right. Right. So to, to me, I'm looking forward to that kind of thing. Nice. Okay. So, so apart, I've apart talk- from sound, apart from sound, right. Um, another thing that I use uh roll 24 and some people will cringe, but I use it to organize uh, all my handouts and all my information. Okay. Mm. So a lot of people like to use just like, you know, Google drive, right. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. You can totally start with that. I would say, you know, I like as much as I can to have things in one place. I also mm. like to be able to give players things. Yeah. Right? That's if I true. give a player an item, I actually like to have the item on a separate handout with a full description and an image to go with it. Um, that's, that's a, that's a great way to handle that. And because you, now you both have the exact reference that you need. And, the, and usually players are really excited to get this thing dropped, right? When you get the picture, you know, people get a little bit more jazzed Man, about their item. In just in general, players love handouts. If you can give someone something 
that they can hold digitally or literally or, or and otherwise, just yeah. look at like man eye candy and maybe something to fidget with that's a happy nerd right there that's a happy nerd it, that's exactly right so um I've got all my NPCs, all my monsters, all my player characters, even uh, all of my secret GM stuff, all my um, everything, you know, in, in basically a big folder hierarchy. So before I even invite anyone to the game, I'm probably already building up the entire hierarchy and writing some some handouts for like a session zero. Do you right? have a uh, a suggestion for like an intuitive sort of folder structure to kind of if if somebody is not so great about organization, what would you right, say yeah. or maybe like a good a good basic starting set of folders to make and like kind of where to nest them so the the easiest thing i would say is um like items uh characters locations then like plot Mm. right like if you do just those it's fine because like within characters you then would probably have a subfolder for npcs players um you might even go further and say like important npcs less important npcs or like generic NPCs where it's like, especially for D&D, where you have characters like the champion, the invoker, oh, yeah. the, you know, the bandit leader, right? These are like general stat blocks that can be good for all kinds of characters that you're going to make. Right. Right. That's totally fine. Um, so th- that's how I do it. Um, do you- I sometimes have more stuff because I like to have a lot of stuff. In uh, one of my games, I have a resources folder because they're supposed to go around and like survey everything. Mm. And so there's like a folder for plants and one for insects and one for animals. Is there as well as as well as um, like uh, locations, characters, those those kind of, you know, bread and butter folders that you would have? Um do you also bother doing one for monsters or do you keep those separate? Yeah. So I would probably have one that's separate. Um, personally, I think if you buy anything on roll 20, like if you're planning on playing D and D or pathfinder, the, the purchase that I think you just, you must do to save yourself infinite time is just buy the monster manual. Hmm. And what that'll do is you'll already have the entire library of the monster manual in your folder, right? And that's great. So it has all the character sheets done. All the tokens are finished. Um, You can click on any of the abilities and it'll roll it for you with the name and description and everything else. So I think you must get that. Then the, I think what what those, you might those do pre those pre created monsters with their little stat blocks and everything ready to go and kind of just uh, yeah. plug and play you know push here dummy sort of setup that is such a boon to it have. It takes way like, less time yeah. than trying to rebuild those things in the VTT. And I think I think that's kind of you know at the root of i think a lot of best practices when it comes to using a digital tabletop is you know using your time efficiently and Mm -hmm. using using as many tools or services or assets or what have you as possible to make your 
life and your time running as a GM as as hassle-free as possible so that you are only spending your time where you want to be, right? Right. Like, that's kind of, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah, where you want to spend that time. If you're like me and you like to build a lot of systems that players can kind of interact with, you know, for me, that's like fun to work on, right? Right. But I I don't want to rewrite the ogre stats. Right. Okay, because that for me is boring. Uh, One thing I do in Roll20, and I assume you can probably do this in other systems, is um, I'll take the stat block from a monster, I'll duplicate the token and the stat block, and then I'll just change the duplicate. And so the duplicate becomes a new monster or a specific character. And um, all I had to do was go in and change names and stuff. Mm. Maybe maybe take away an ability and add a different one, but I'm not like starting over. Right. right? It's almost so like using that's a template really nice. or something. Yeah, precisely right. I mean, it's just a reskin really. Right. right. So like if I want a big brutish guy, you know, maybe I start with ogre. I'm going to duplicate ogre. I'm going to change his name to Brutus and I'm going to give him a new token picture. And then I'm going to take something away. Probably, you know, like instead of having a club, he can only punch you. Uh, but now he also has, you know, some leather armor on. So he's slightly better. Oh, right. In that way. So speak- I might like take power from one place and put it somewhere else. Speaking of tools, token stamp, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's just a quick mention. But oh, my it, God, it's so useful. It is something I definitely wanted to talk about. Uh, it's on the role advantage um, service where they, they actually do a couple of things. Yeah, one they of- do. One of which is a dice roller. Um, I don't use it for any other purpose but the token stamp. Um, I prefer to have portraits for everything as opposed to like the top down yeah. uh, view characters. Um, although I, I appreciate those as well. I just think that like the tokens are like very clear and concise. Yep. And that is helpful for like knowing if you're flanking or something. Yeah. So I, I enjoy having borders, right? And and the fact that it's free and you oh, can yeah. literally just pull any image you find and download. You just Google search anything and you just yeah. go over to this website and just drag it right on into the window and it pops it in there and you can scale it, put a frame around it, save it out. And boom, you got a, a little token that's saved as a PNG with transparency. You can just drop that puppy right into roll 20. Easy peasy. You can even pick border styles. You sure can. That's neat. Um, so, so, you know, in the past I've said, okay, players, I want all your borders to be exactly this way. And that ended up being a bigger pain than I thought it was going to be. But, um, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you know, sometimes it's like hurting cats, right? Uh, but you know, I, sometimes I'm like, okay, monsters have this NPCs have that, you know, it depends on if I really want to color code my life. Right. Um, speaking of pictures, uh, Google's usually pretty terrible about giving you good art. Um, so I like to use Pinterest Pinterest. mostly and, uh, art station, right? Uh, usually those two places. In fact, a lot of times when I find stuff on Pinterest, it's going to give me an art station link. Yeah. And then I'll probably just go there to get the higher res image. Yeah. And uh and I just yeah, put that into a token stamp. Uh and I'm good to go. So that's where pretty much all my visuals come from. Um I the only other 
thing I use is actually Photoshop because I I know Photoshop. I'm not going to sit here and say you have to use Photoshop to be a good GM. Obviously, that's not true. But also Photoshop, if you don't have it and have a good reason to have it, it is expensive. Yeah, it's too expensive to use for just D&D, right? So, you know, for me, it's part of my job, so it's worth having. Right. GIMP is free. Right. GIMP is basically a a free image editing software package meant to basically try to serve the same purpose as Photoshop. So if you want Photoshop, but you can't afford it, when there's a totally good option. understandable. Yeah. Go, go search for GIMP G I M P. And, um, so once or twice I have made my own sort of top down tokens for like big bosses and stuff. Yeah. You did uh, like a big Hydra. That was cool. Yeah, I did. Um, the fates as a sort of three torso drider, um, where the, the, the webs that they're spinning are the threads of fate. And, like uh, Astrophos has like big blade arms and stuff like that. And so uh, that's something I did. Uh, I did one with the final boss of um, our venture campaign where I had like a uh, Cthulhu Shiva God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something um, like that. Something like that. You know, it was just, it was several things together. Uh, and I actually put a lot of um, uh, detail into that one, probably too much. So it had to be like a really big token to like even be readable. That thing was flipping enormous. I think it was pretty big. It was definitely bigger than Colossal. Um, <laughs> I was like, I feel like this is not proper This is scale. not raw. This is not <laughs> rules of, is written. No. That is true. That is true. But how else do you deal with level 20 players? That That's true. Um, break the rules. Because they didn't make anything in the book that can deal with that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Even the Tarask, like, I remember throwing a Tarask at you guys, like, two campaigns ago, and you guys, like, just, like, beat the hell out of it, and <laughs> I was like, come on, come on, Tarask, do something. Can't we, can't we just have I'd be something? like, yeah, I did 50 damage once, oh, and then, man. like, the next player was like, okay, I do, like, a 10-hit combo, <laughs> take hey. 125 damage, and I'm just like... <laughs> Hey, you had our sheets. You knew what could happen. Yeah, I didn't read them all. Like, especially at that level, I'm just like, well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you do it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you win. You're Superman. So um, we're we are running up on time. You got anything else? What do you think? Okay, I didn't talk about the most important okay. piece that I use. I put a lot of work into my maps. That's probably where the majority of my work actually does go. Um. And so I use incarnate. Um, it's like ink, but incarnate. I N K. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like kind of like Photoshop for dummies. And it has a bunch of like stamp brushes and stamps for like different art assets. Mm. And I, I actually go, I do pay for the, for the subscription version. Right. It's not so bad can, though. Right. Oh, it's fantastic. I think it's an incredible value. Like if you're going like, to use it. Yeah. It, I, I thought it was relatively it. cheap. Yeah. I think it is. I think I didn't even like, I don't remember. It's like $20 or less a month, something like that. Mm. And it's, I want to say it's like 15. I, I should probably know that. But anyway, <laughs> um, I use this thing all the time to make all kinds of maps from uh, battle maps to uh, world maps to region maps to mm. even like one thing I like to do 
are these sort of like dialogue windows. Oh, where I'll yeah, have yeah. Like a background image and then like a character in the foreground. So it's kind of like a visual novel kind mm-hmm. of feel. And so players know that this is in dialogue mode and they know exactly who they're looking at. And I find that that helps players remember who the NPCs are. Um, I remember you also so. saying that doing things like that has uh, just personally for you helped you to kind of have an easier time staying in character yeah. yourself. Absolutely. Because like when I'm staring okay. at that face, yep. yeah, it helps me remember what kind of voice I want to have. Right. That's a good, um, very good idea. Another great thing that roll 20 has is a bunch of, uh, it has a GM layer where everything's hidden. And so I put all kinds of stuff on the GM layer that I can see that I can scroll over and you can put on like tool tips and stuff. Mm. So when I'm making my map in, um, incarnate, I usually try to put in like little doodads, little novelties, little secrets that like if players look at this and and pay attention on my map they might notice something and then using roll 20 i'll have a note to remind myself of what i had meant for that to do Mm. um now there have been one or two occasions where i have left my little notification button on (laughs) the token layer favorite times (laughs) i'm like there's a little yellow exclamation mark over yeah, there. Yeah, I have these yellow exclamation marks <laughs> that I made in Photoshop, <laughs> and I and I put them all over the map because they're like little POIs, right? Little points of interest. Yeah. And then I I just I go to the GM layer, and then I just scroll over them and read the tooltip that I wrote. Yeah, and, and then and then I like an idiot <laughs> when I have the the blessing of you forgetting. And just <laughs> watching the prep and leaving that out in the open. Of course, me, who's just honest to a fault, I tell you, like You're a like, moron, hey, man. where I should have been like, for no, for no reason whatsoever, <laughs> apart from my own intellectual curiosity, I'd like to go look at that specific portion of wall over there <laughs> no reason i just had no a reason feeling. at all wait um, a minute <laughs> another thing i really like to do with my own maps is have a uh, hint indicators for things like traps so if there's like two statues and a bunch of scorch marks and a burned up skeleton in the middle that might tell you that there's a trap there visual <laughs> visual cues Visual cues, because, you know, I've said this many times, but I, I hate it when you step on a square and the GM <laughs> gotcha. decided that that's a trap, right? That's dumb. Um, That's that's not fun. There's no counterplay there. Telegram. I love it when I hide a little chest and, like, tuck it underneath a bunch of vines and players start pinging it. They're like, what's that? That's a chest. I want that. Dude, that's me every flipping <laughs> time. Like, once, once you started just routinely predictably getting me <laughs> with those dang leaf covered pits <laughs> just right. every flipping time every time oh, it was man. like you're like a moth to a flame it was you just i was like a those. moth to a pile of leaves uh <laughs> it just but that really did train me pretty well after that to like i'll look at every little inch and i did get used to like okay i'm gonna look closely at all this stuff and i could rely on 
the idea that you purposefully place each little thing that's on the map. Nothing's there yes. by accident. So if I see something, it's because you put it there, which then that's right. makes me feel fine about going, hey, I, I see this thing over here. And what was what's nice, too, is that you often don't require like perception checks or investigation checks to find those things. You basically just say, hey, if you, the player, notice this on the map, that's all the check I need. That's all the check, right? Now, you, you may it. need to make a check to in, to interfere with it further, right? Like, right. if the chest is locked, you, you're still going to have to make a check to unlock it. Right, but, but you know like, the thing's there. You know it's there, right? And Because here's part of my issue when it comes to a VTT. I think the biggest problem in virtual play is that players aren't focused. Yep. Um, players will can easily alt tab because you have no idea. Right. And so they're going to alt tab. They're going to read stuff. They're going to be, I've had players play video games before while I'm DMing. I hate that. There was one, one time I did call a guy out and he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Um, but I was like, come on. So I, I find that stuff like this, where I put in little Easter eggs helps players stay focused and same that's thing a, with that's a great trick i mean yeah you know. absolutely it's like hey there's always something to notice yeah always um, be looking always be looking because if not i will have the thing kill you yeah right? <laughs> or at least take away some hp nobody notice nobody noticed the treasure chest now treasure chest is mimic <laughs> now treasure chest is mimic exactly uh, this is the other thing like Sometimes I do put in visual assets because I think it would look cool, but I don't really think about what it's going to do. And then, you know, you or someone else might say, hey, what's this? And then just uh, impromptu, I'll, I'll make it a thing, right? Uh, I'll, I'll decide. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a pheasant. It's a, yeah. So there it's was one time I made a bookshelf and then you said, I want to look at the bookshelf. And uh, you're like, are there any interesting books there? And my my first answer in my head was no. But then I thought, well, why did, I, why did I include a bookshelf if there's no clue to be garnered from it? Right. There you and go. So, so I just started making up a thing about a sketchbook. And then you're like, I open up the sketchbook and I'm like, damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> why did I say that? Why did I think he wouldn't want to look in the sketchbook? You fool. So then I start making up a bunch of stuff about what the sketchbook has in it. And it ended up being pretty compelling and it wasn't it was even a thing cool. I had written. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was cool. a good thing and it made a lot of sense and it helped tell the story of the area. So I just took information that I had meant to put somewhere else and I put it there instead. Well, and I mean, right. It, and that's it, fine. It worked so well that like at the end of you the thought game, it was intentional. I was yeah. like, did you did you mean for because it yeah, seemed no. like you did and you're like, no, it's like, wow. All right. But this brings up another good point about like having dexterity as a DM. Like, yeah, you you made all these things and you pre-built it, but you still need to have that flexible strength. Yep. Where you can you Use can it. roll with things and mm. and say do your yes ands and you know keep the the action moving until you know you don't want to do the thing where you're just like no 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 okay you guessed right you win oh god don't do that right because players are just frustrated. 
Yep. You know, a, a lot of times and not everyone likes a good puzzle, although sometimes they do. Uh, last thing I'll mention about Roll20 is that it does have a dynamic lighting, which is uh, both great and less great. Um, it, it definitely takes some learning uh, and there's some bugs, but ultimately uh, I do enjoy it and I think it's very useful. It, it it certainly can be. It's it is one of those things that is or well, I should say not is but can be kind of finicky and also it you know it's also a a paid feature so i like i think if you're using roll 20 as a free user i don't even know if if the if the dynamic lighting works i think you can use like the old one where you can basically just color everything black and then reveal oh manually as you go that but the dynamic is, lighting yeah. where you're moving the token around and it's automatically changing it is yeah, nice. you gotta pay for that yeah um and so i think it's worth it again if you're like me and you're gonna gm a lot then i think it's worth the cost if you're not gonna gm a lot then i would probably say you know go ahead and use like albert rodeo or something easier yeah and you don't need to draw super detailed maps you can say okay here's the castle wall here's a couple of rectangles yeah, you know, players are usually fine with that kind you of thing. You draw yourself a Robert Hans map, you know. <laughs> those are those are the freaking best. Those uh, are my yeah. favorite. Listen, it worked. You know, he's um, like, dude, I'm gonna just bang out like the, four the rectangles. Worse, the better, right? He's like, you knew where those dudes were, and you yeah, were thinking about it. I was like, it's totally I fine. Was. <laughs> you got. And me. He did that in way less time than I do my map, so you know. <laughs> He, what did he do that in like uh, like Google Draw or something like that? Yeah, something. Like, this very. Like he was like, guys, just give me like. If you're not uh, using MS Paint, you're not yeah, even a real GM, like right? Fifteen um, seconds. He's like, <laughs> can you tell where you are, where the other guys are, and that there is in fact okay, space? Well, I know, I know, we're in this bubble, and they're in that bubble. Yeah, it's a sewer. Oh, okay. I believe you. Boom. Right? Like, it's it's all really all it took. Perfect. So, um, it's again, it just really depends on where you want to put that effort, right? Yeah. Uh, not to mention, um, if you go on to Incarnate, uh, there's not only a create button where you can make all your stuff, but there's also an explore button where you can find stuff that other people have made and posted uh, and made Ooh. public. I didn't so know that. That's cool. I've used a few maps from there where I was like, okay, I, if I have to drop one more stamp, I'm going to go insane. Um, so instead, I am like, okay, give me a underwater temple, right? Because that came up. Yeah. And then maybe I find something um, and then I can use that. I mean, there what? are there are some some people that that really like just you could be super creative with use it use the heck out of it to really spectacular effect and, and if i'm working really hard i'm feeling like extra show offy i'm gonna make my map and incarnate then i'm gonna put it in photoshop and then i'm going to yeah. like save out copies where there's like daytime nighttime yeah there you then go like here's one with like the magic shrine lit up with magic you know, so now there's like a source light and stuff like that. Um, and then I just stack the uh, uh, map images on each other and then send them to back as I need to. Man, you're you're making me want to 
pop Photoshop open again, try making some oh, cool yeah. stuff. Well, man. you know what can be fun about this kind of thing is it's actually really kind of relaxing to sit there and tinker with it when you actually don't have a game mm. uh, that you're thinking about, right? Like you could just sit there as like a single player game, essentially, and just build out a campaign little oh, by yeah. little. And then you could just say, you know, what? I kind of like this and you could invite people to it. There you go. Right. And that's kind of nice. So I actually have like most of my stuff in roll 20 is all like either active or campaigns I've finished. Right. Mm. But I do have one set aside. That's like just an in progress campaign that nobody's in yet. There you go. It's just, uh, it's just a few maps and some notes and some tokens. Um, okay. A couple of honorable mentions real quick, and then we're done. Uh, one is voice mod. Uh, sometimes uh, yeah. I use voice mod if I want to sound like a demon or a dragon or something or a robot, um, a robot. Yep. That's right. That's, that's uh, the only reason I got it worth it. They're starting to get pretty advanced with some of their stuff. Like, Ooh, really? They're, they're original, like gender swapping ones were pretty cringe, but they're actually starting to get pretty good at this point. Wow. Um, I still don't like to use that one in particular, but it's come a long way. And I imagine at some point it'll be strong enough that I can just flip it on and that'll be all my female characters going forward. Wow. For right now, I just try to soften my voice a little bit and that's about all I can do. Um, so there's that, uh, the, what was the other thing I was going to mention? Uh, that might be it actually. Um, that voice mod, um, I used to use a uh, Cobalt Fight Club back in the day to do all my uh, encounter balancing. D and D Beyond, you can uh, balance encounters for free. Mm. Um, Ooh, speaking of I, balancing I, encounters, I just, I just don't even balance encounters anymore, so I don't bother about it. Um, um, I just put things in spaces, and I say, "Well, you know that it's there, so <laughs> deal with it as you like." Um. A few episodes ago when Dragna was on the show. Yeah, he has his own method of... It's called CR 2.0. And he's got a a whole system for it that um, he put the the, uh, documentation stuff up on, I think, over on the D&D Reddit. Uh, I think it's r slash D&D Next, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I think he put it up over there and it got tons of really positive feedback. Yeah, because uh, honestly, like anything is better than the thing out of the the DMG. Like yeah. the game is, is simply not balanced properly. Yeah. And so um, it's I would say it's fine until you hit about level nine. Right. And then your players will just wipe anything that is like medium or hard. Like pretty much every encounter has to be set to deadly to do anything. Right. And then yeah. when you're, when your players are level 15, like it's, <laughs> it's all, whatever. All freaking right? bets are off. All bets are off. Yeah. Like it just doesn't work at all. So I need to look into his system. It's interesting, but I really adopted the idea that um, these things just exist in their spaces. Yeah. And players choose how they want to interface with them. Well, one and of so, our, one of that's our, worked out pretty well. One of our patrons, uh, Red Dead Coquette, she posted tonight uh, and mentioned that she's mm-hmm. actually going to be using CR 2.0 for uh, yeah. a session she's running. So I'm very, I'm very anxious to 
to hear how that goes. I'm super interested. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I have no doubt it's going to go well. Um, so, uh, okay. I guess the very, very last thing I'll mention is, um, I don't use this. Uh, I know a lot of people really like world anvil yes. uh, stuff, stuff that where you can like make a map and then, you know, put a bunch of pings all over the map that you can then click on and they open up and they say things. Mm. Um, if you don't want to pay for stuff, uh, Microsoft OneNote does this just pretty much as well. Ooh. Um, where if you're willing to do a little bit of learning there, you can keep a super organized um, hierarchy and even create an interactive map. Wow. Um, yeah, you can pretty much do a lot of what World Anvil does, but for free. Mm. Uh, but it's not going to be as intuitive, right? Gotcha. And so you'll you'll spend a little bit more time, kind of learning stuff. Um, well, tales all this time, right? Do you want to pay with but, money or do you want to pay with time? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I respect the, right? <laughs> the decision either way, right? Yeah, like totally. it's about what you value. Um, again, where do you want to put that time? Yep. 100%. Some people love minis, right? And so when they're doing like uh, their DM prep, they might be spending a lot of time just painting or building scenery, right? Definitely. That's that's not me, but when it comes to the digital medium, that's almost me. Um, okay, so anyway, that went over long, but uh, that is pretty much how I approach GMing uh, on a VTT, at least from a, a technical standpoint. Cool. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us. I know um, trying to do stuff digitally, you know, there's there is a bit of a barrier to entry. I mean, not even, you know, leaving off, you know, whether or not you can even afford certain tools, you know, sure. Once you have them, some of them do have a bit of a learning curve. But, you know, one of the things that I've been hearing, you know, throughout what you've said is, you know, most of them, the learning curve is not that difficult. And once you kind of dive in and start learning, it sounds like it's very, very often super worth it. Yeah, it's rewarding if it's the part of it that you want to deal with it. Like there's a bunch of stuff I could do on voice mod to make like custom voice modifications. Sure. I don't bother with that because I don't want to. I'm like, right. I've got like my five that are serviceable, right? Yeah. And that does a lot of the heavy lifting for me. Uh, when it comes to Sirenscape, I wanted to put in kind of a, a, a slightly better than minimal effort, right? Yeah. Uh, when it comes to maps, I want to put in 80% of my time. There right? you go. And so that's just my personal feeling, especially after being inspired by Elden Ring and wanting to do more environmental storytelling. You know, I really like getting into that. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, get this, the tools that are going to enhance um, to save you time on the things you'd spend, like to spend less time on and to have more meaningful time with the things that you like. There you go. So there you go. That's that sounds perfect to me, man. I got nothing else to add. Um, so thank you for Fantastic. that. That was really great. Um, everyone, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard or you liked what we've done in the past, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and support the show at whatever tier floats your boat. And, um, you know what? That's all I got. We love you all. Have a great night. And until we see, well, not see us until you hear from us again. Stay inspired. 
Bye. Bye bye.